This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, Brian, before we jump into our listener mailbag here, I've got to remind everybody once again about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. You feeling a little upset about some of the recent free agent news surrounding this team? You need to go to Boomer Jacks and and get you the wings special because you're going to feel so much better after that. Tuesdays, Boomer Jacks has half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got $3 drink specials every day of the week. $15 buckets of beer, and that beer is the coldest beer that you're going to find anywhere in the Metroplex or anywhere else. They also have wall-to-wall TVs, and I know when I say wall-to-wall TVs, you're thinking, oh, they have a lot of TVs. No, I mean they literally have TVs covering just about every space on the wall. It is fantastic. Any game you're looking for, whatever, it's going to be up there somewhere in Boomer Jacks. They also have live music, and it's just a great atmosphere for whatever you're looking for. There are 17 DFW locations, so find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, let's uh, jump now into our listener mailbag. I tried to, to pick a, as few Odell Beckham questions as possible. Oh. I knew we were going to talk about that for, you know, 15 minutes. And did, my guy, did my guy Dean Julia get in one? He's I, one of my, I, he's one of my I, favorite. That guy, he's, he's, I know he's, uh, I know he's kind of like thinking I was busted on him. And so I was busted on you more than It was than on him. me. It was not him. It was yeah. you're busted on me. He has uh, some good questions, but I, I will say this. We got a lot of other listeners that deserve an opportunity. Bobby, let's do a little bit better job. Well, well, we'll see. Maybe maybe I put five Dean Julia questions in here. I guess there's yeah, probably, probably five good questions then. <laughs> First question here from Kyle Wickman. Right, uh, Kyle. Welcome to the program, Kyle. Kyle is asking... Do you think the Cowboys will try to extend Dak Prescott this offseason? I don't know that they do it now, no. um, but I don't think they – if they want to keep him long-term, I don't think they ever let it get to the end of the contract again. Not, not again. Not again. I, I mean, think they learned. Yeah, I do too. And I think a lot of it – now, let's see what happens this uh, this year, this season. You know, there if you have a, a successful campaign – uh, you know, everybody's feeling really good about, you know, it's not a, a one and done situation. Maybe you win a couple of games, you know, maybe you get an opportunity to, to play in a championship game. You know, maybe you feel better about the head coach, the coordinator and all the things involved. I think the head coach has completely saved himself. If you want to be honest with, you know, if you want honesty for me and one of my evaluations was going to be, okay, let's see if, if in fact that Mike McCarthy survives with Kellen Moore, they survive then the next year was going to be about evaluating Dak Prescott because there is going to be a window that you can move on from him. There will be a window that you can do that. Now, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they want this to get to the final year and go through all that like they did last time. Yeah, and I think Stephen Jones is, you know, Stephen's generally kind of reluctant to to say they messed up on something. I don't think he likes to think about it in those terms. Even if he privately would acknowledge it, I don't think he likes to discuss that openly. He's talked about openly. He said. We probably wish we would have gotten Dak done earlier. And I, and so I, I, I kind of think they could have got him done. And I know that people uh, around the league were asking me, and not that I'm any great source when it comes to money or any of that stuff, because I'm glad there's really smart 
guys and gals that work on the cap every day. But I had people that I like and trust and from other teams that were like, what's Dallas waiting on here? Why are they waiting? Why are they, they, why are they costing themselves extra money here? You know, and I think that's the unfortunate thing. It Could this have been a 25 to $28 million contract instead of what it is now with maybe with more years to it? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they cost themselves minimum forty million dollars. That's probably would, what they cost themselves. Minimum. I would I would say you're right. Yeah, like the contract. Uh, next question here from De La Cruz. Uh, De La Cruz is saying what uh, wants to ask. Can you detail the strengths between the three safeties the Cowboys utilize? How has Dan Quinn maximized them successfully? By the way, I will say this. I know we give a ton of credit to Dan Quinn, rightfully so, in the secondary. There's got to be a lot of credit to Joe Witt. Joe, Joe Witt, Witt, yeah, Joe, Joe Witt, Witt yeah. Such a great job there. And those defensive backs have – it wasn't always an easy process early no. on, to be frank, but they've they've connected with Al Harris at this point. Absolutely. Al and, Har- and, yeah. Al Harris has grown as a coach, I think, since he's been here. And, yeah. and I think Al Harris has learned some things. But, um, you know, the, these are, are three pretty unique safety types um in, in curse wilson and hooker I, I mean i think they they all kind of do some different things like we've talked about before wilson i think is very good playing downhill um and i i think you know malik hooker's got great range to be kind of your traditional free safety center fielder type um and then curse is just a a cam chancellor light um, a, a guy who can, you know, take away some safeties has, I think has fantastic instincts in the run game. Like, whereas I think that burns Donovan Wilson sometimes where Donovan Wilson's just ahead of steam. I think J Ron curse has, has pretty good football IQ and pretty good instincts in playing the run, but they all three kind of have, have different strengths. And I think they complement each other really well. You have a very cerebral, smart player that has great body length in curse. Mm-hmm. Tackles well. You have a guy that plays like his hair's on fire in Wilson. Kind of a, like, you know, if you look at the number of tackles on the team right now, it's him and Leighton Vanderesh. He's always going to be around the ball. He's always going to arrive with an attitude. He might hit you to the, well, I'll say this. I think he's one of those guys that plays to the echo of the whistle. When the, <laughs> you hear the echo of the whistle, and then he's lighting somebody up. I think that's how he plays. Hooker, I think last week was by far the best game he's ever played for the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. He was a captain. He started to show some of the traits that he showed uh, when he was at Ohio State, playing with range, positioning, being at the right place at the right time, you know, and making plays when he needed to be played. That He was one of the best free safeties I'd seen coming out of college. Yeah. I think his health is kind of coming back. I think he got a lot of confidence in playing in that game the other day. I think he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. When, But I will tell you this, he's a little bit of a liability as a tackler. He is not going to tackle all the time. I, no. think the other, I think the other two guys, I think Wilson will blow you up. I think Curse is the most, is the most solid tackler. Wilson's blow you up. And I think that Hooker is a guy that's going to be at the right place at the right time. I don't think he's the best of the, of the three when it comes to tackling. I don't think he wraps up particularly well. But when it comes to playing with a little bit of range, playing with a little bit of awareness, and being able to finish some plays as far as like we saw with the turnovers the other day, I think that's kind of his bag. I, I think it's interesting there you you mentioning uh, wrapping up because I, I think that's uh, – No, I, I, and I think that's a, I think that's a 
a good distinction to put on it because I don't think this is Trayvon Diggs where he's going to kind of olay you all the he's time. A, he's a body. He's a throws his body at the legs of the ball carrier. He's he is. A, he is. He's, when a, I saw, he's, he's a block down tackler is what they call it in the scouting world. Block I, down tackler. When I saw him at Ohio State, I remember telling somebody, I was like, if he hasn't had one yet, my prediction is at some point Malik Hooker will suffer some sort of serious shoulder yeah. or neck issue because totally agree. Totally he, agree. He, yeah. he doesn't wrap it's it's technique issue almost he just yeah. throws his shoulder into guys he did it at ohio state he did it in indianapolis he's done it in dallas i don't think it's a an issue of willingness i just think it's he's he's got bad technique for the most part i agree i agree uh next question here from monique critic uh monique is asking uh what's the recipe to make it to the nfc championship game for the boys which they've of course missed for 26 years now um you know that's interesting because as it stands now i think you get a pretty favorable draw against the buccaneers i mean i don't think you ever want to just welcome a tom brady matchup on the road but i, I, don't I, I think that you you're I, I don't want it but i mean when you look at some of the other realistic options well, it's, that it's, they may yeah, face yeah the team might be bad but tom brady's tom brady in the Friggin' tournament, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to be comfortable that Tom Brady's not going to beat me until he's he's turned in retirement papers and and it's a game day where we know he's you not never playing. beat him. Nobody's ever no, beat him. Yeah, you can't. And and, and he, beat him. New Orleans just saw last week that uh, he'll, he'll just get it done. Even New at Orleans, New Orleans pissed that game away. Let's be they honest. did. But you also see he's gonna do, he's gonna do something at the end. He always does. Mm. But I think you've got a favorable matchup against Tampa. I think you are damn close to Philadelphia and San Francisco as the as the top teams in the conference. I think they're all very close to each other. They all do different things well. To me, what it is is the defense I think we know is going to come to play just about every week. The the issue for me, the the key to getting to the NFC Championship game for me is the these consistent times where we've seen maybe the communication hasn't been on point but between receiver and quarterback. That needs to be ironed out. I think if that's ironed out and they're playing consistently well with each other, everything else on offense is going to flow out from that and be successful, and we already know the defense can step up. So to me, this all rides on the connection between the quarterback and his receivers. That's what's going to determine if they make the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I kind of feel like that. Um, I kind of feel like if the recipe, I think you're going to have to, the running the ball and keeping the balance that way, I think they, they can't. They can't play a game like where – and we'll get a really good idea. If the game against the Commanders means something, and and, it, you know, and then you get Tyron Smith back in the lineup and stuff, let's see if they could run the ball with Tyron Smith back in the lineup against the Commanders. That's, yeah. what, I, that's what I want to see if that game means something. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. But when you start to look for the recipes of how to, if, if you want to try and avoid what you do is you need to winning the division would be the best thing by far just to get the home game and, and deal with that.
but the the real recipe to me is if you if you're you know and if Philadelphia wins the division, you're the fifth seed. Stay in the fifth seed, play Tampa. We'll see how that goes. Who is the team that is you know can the Commanders get past the Giants? You know, can the Commanders be say the third team that gets in from this division? I'll take my chances of the Commanders maybe being maybe being the seventh seed. Now, I think sure. Seattle, San Francisco probably going to win the West. We'll see, you know, with the quarterback situation, maybe not. But if you gave me if 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 it's Seattle, San Francisco or the Commanders in that 6 and 7 hole, I I would say they have a shot at going and beating Minnesota, okay? And then you beat Tampa, then that would kick the that would kick the the lowest the lowest seed to make it. Then would have to go play Philadelphia. Yeah, I'll I'll take I'll tell you what I'll take my chances of Seattle or or Commanders going to Philadelphia and winning a game. I'll take but the, the Washington has given Philly their only loss this year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'll take my chances of Seattle playing really, you know, tough defense and playing with uh with a quarterback that's kind of been pretty good and a good running game. I'll take my chances with that against, you know, Philadelphia playing or Seattle playing or Commanders playing against those guys because then if you get them knocked out, then you knock Philly out and you find a way to beat San Francisco, then you're looking at you get to host that championship game, you know. Yeah. It'd be two. It'd be a five versus say seven matchup, and then maybe that's your maybe that's your path. Maybe that's the you know. But I I I I play this game in my head all the time of trying to avoid. I think avoid the 49ers the longest, even though they've yep. got even though they got Brock Purdy at playing quarterback. I think Brock Purdy is going to be fine. I, I do personally. I, talking, I, I, think, I think he can step in and run the offense pretty hey, close to equal to I, what Jimmy did. People are getting tired of me. You talk about something people are getting tired of me saying is San Francisco wins games without their quarterbacks throwing touchdowns. All the that, time. All the time. That's how they do that. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has games where he doesn't throw for touchdowns and they win. So that's defense. That's running game. That's that's. Uh, 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 Robbie Gould kicking field goals. I mean, that's what this is. So I'm trying to avoid because I think San Francisco that 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 run defense is for real. That, that run entire de- defense is is that for that, real. that, that run defense. But I'll say this though, Bobby, go back and look at the teams that they've played. Okay, and tell yeah. me tell me if this teams are offensive cha- or offensively challenged. Ready? Here we go. They won at Chicago. Uh, they lost at Chicago opening day. We didn't know Chicago. I mean, right, Chicago yeah. wasn't that. Chicago wasn't what they are now, running the football and all that. Yeah. But but offensively challenged. But Chicago won the game. Seattle, we just kind of talked about, right? They Denver. they were they were clicking early on in the year on okay. offense. Okay. Denver. No, they're the worst offense in the NFL, probably. Rams. Uh no, they've had their issues this year. Carolina. Absolutely not. They got beat by Atlanta. Yeah, they got beat down by Atlanta too. Atlanta ran the football on them great in that game. Atlanta, yeah. 
And I, I want to say that Marcus Mariota was 13 of 14 for like 126 yards. Something yep. crazy. Kansas City. Kansas good offense. Yep. Good offense. They the the Rams again. Yep. They had a bye. Mm-hmm. They had a bye. Then the Chargers. Arizona. Uh, Chargers have weapons, but they haven't been able to consistently put it together. Arizona. Uh no. New Orleans. Nope. Miami, who they just played. Miami's great. They've played Miami's some they played some offensively challenged teams. They have. They have sure. And, sure, and, but also and, I, and, I think and the, and the teams and the teams that have been good offensively have found a way to beat them. You know? Well, no matter no matter how challenged offensively teams are, it's incredibly impressive that they've allowed. Oh, they're a good seven, team. Don't get me wrong. I'm seven, just saying. Half In fact, if you're asking me, I think this is what you're saying too. I would, if you're telling me who is the last team I want to see in the playoffs, it's San Francisco. I would rather play Philly 10 times out of 10 before playing San Francisco. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think San Francisco came in here last year and you were probably a better team and had the better quarterback and you lost that game. You didn't really have an answer early in that game. I think there's a little bit of that factor of, man, this is a physical offensive line. They got running backs. They got big-ass wide receivers. They got a big-ass defense, you know? So I I don't know about play, but I'm just saying San Francisco has faced some teams that have been offensively challenged this year. Sure. Absolutely. If you're, no, looking, I, if you're, if you're looking at – and you could probably say the same thing about the Cowboys. You know, yeah. probably say yeah. the same thing about the Cowboys. I mean, this entire league has been offensively challenged. It's been a big storyline this year that, you know, the offense has been considerably down, you know, over the last decade. This, this is one of the worst seasons offensively that, that the league has seen. So it's no surprise. That does it for us here today on The Love of the Star. We will be back with you guys again one more time this week uh, to finally preview the Texans and give you any other developments we have. Uh, Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.